Welcome to the Daily Disciples Podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. Real and raw conversations dealing with life and spirituality. God so loved the world, but do we realize that He still does? God uses people's stories to encourage and enlighten us to continue growing, learning, and living with hope. Here, you will find the love of God speaking to you through the stories of others. Thank you for joining us today. Hello and welcome as we continue Women in the Bible. And I want to start with prayer as we're going to be reviewing Rebecca tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, so much. God of heaven and earth, creator of all living things. And we thank you, Lord, for how you move through the lives of the patriarchs, our fathers, Lord, that you promised a land, you promised blessing, you promised their descendants to be as great as a star in the sky and the sand on the seas. And Father, we thank you that you were so faithful to fulfill that promise. And now today, we know you because of the faith of Abraham. So we pray, Lord God, that right now as we start talking about Rebecca, that your spirit will move through us and fill us with the knowledge of your word, but also with a passion to apply your word to our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we studied about Abraham and Sarah, and in Genesis chapter 23, the word says, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah had a baby at age 90, and then she lived to be 127 years old. So when Isaac, her son, turned 40, Abraham said to his servant, Isaac needs a wife. And Isaac needs a wife from the land of their family. Abraham told his servant, you need to go back and find a wife for my son. Isaac was in mourning from his mother's death. And if you think about it, they were nomads. So they were traveling around and obviously there wasn't anyone there that Abraham thought was appropriate for his son to marry. Well, the servant felt very stressed about this. Firstly, he would have to travel 500 miles, and then he does not know the land or even the people of Sarah and Abraham's heritage. So in chapter 24 of Genesis, verse 2, and Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son Isaac." And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me back to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? And Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me to my offspring, I will give you this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. 
But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So the servant promised, but the servant was also overwhelmed with this task. He took 10 camels and he starts traveling all these miles, 500 miles on, on camel to find a wife for Abraham's son, Isaac. And in verse 12, the servant prays, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let the young woman to whom I shall say, Please let down your jar that I may drink. And who shall say, Drink, and I will water your camels. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master. And right at that point, a woman comes out, probably a young girl in her late teens or even maybe mid-teens to early 20s, and she comes out, and the scriptures say she did not know a man. And right when the servant saw her, she said, Let me also get water for your camels. The servant bowed his head to the ground, thanking God, the God of Abraham, that his journey was successful. But now the servant had to go to Rebekah's father. Verse 57. So I'm still in Genesis 24, but now verse 57. The people said to the servant, let us call the young woman and ask her, like, will she go with you? And they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? Now, could you imagine? Here's a guy who shows up from a foreign land after a very long journey with a lot of camels and a lot of jewelry. And he's literally saying, I am here to take this woman back to meet a man that, that she doesn't know who is blessed by his father that she also doesn't know. She says, yes, I will go. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men. At the end of chapter 24, when Rebecca sees in a distance that there is a young man there. She says to the servant, who is that? And the servant said, that is my master. In other words, that is your husband. And she puts her veil on. And then at the end of chapter 24, verse 67, then Isaac brought her, Rebecca, into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So it was definitely love at first sight. It was a romance that was going to last to these years, right? We're still talking about it. So it is a miracle and amazing thing. When we look at the role of the servant, he was just led by the Holy Spirit. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know how he was going to get there. And many of us in our lives today, too, have those same experiences with the Holy Spirit that we just say, Oh, Lord, please lead me. Oh, please guide me. Oh, please get me there. Sometimes it can be as small as, Oh, Lord, I forgot my shopping list. 
and I need to the correct groceries. Please bring them to mind. And Lord, it'd be great if some of them were on sale, you know. So that's the exact attitude that the servant has. And it is an attitude that we need to have also. Now, in chapter 25 of Genesis, Sarah and Abraham had trouble getting pregnant. We know that. But now his son, Isaac is also having trouble getting pregnant with Rebecca. And it's been 20 years and she is still not pregnant. In verse 21, Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to ask of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you shall be divided. The older shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Now that sounds so crazy when we're talking about twins, right? That literally the one who comes out first is the older child. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. And afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. These two boys came out, they were twins. And even in the womb, these two boys were fighting. Even in the womb, they were filled with personality that when they came out, Jacob was holding on to Esau like, you're not going to, you know, like Jacob wanted first place. But for some reason, Esau came out first. But as a result of Esau coming out first, the prophecy that the Lord gave Rebekah was, the older shall serve the younger. And we're talking like minutes, we're not even talking minutes apart. I mean, his hand, Jacob's hand was on Esau's leg when they're coming out. So they are at odds with each other right there. And as they grow up, Esau becomes a skilled hunter and really bonds with his father, Isaac. But Jacob likes to cook. And he becomes his mother's favorite, Rebecca's. As time goes on, verse 29, once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I'm exhausted. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. So in other words, he said, I want to be now first so that I get the blessing of being the firstborn. And Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Esau, it was like he didn't value that birthright. It was like he was saying, you know, if I'm going to die, what 
good as that to me anyway, but it really was based on circumstances and not the big picture of the blessing that was so important as Abraham blesses Isaac and now Isaac thinks he is dying in this next section and he's going to call Esau in because Esau was, quote, the firstborn. As time goes on, we see Jacob and Esau do fight, they don't get along, and the house is divided. Isaac is, he is convinced he's dying. And you know what? We've all had the flu. We've all had certain problems that we thought we were dying too, right? <laughs> I mean, whenever we got COVID or many of us got COVID, we all thought, oh my gosh, am I going to die through this? Because it was announced so often. Well, here Isaac is 20 plus years older than Rebecca, and he thinks he's sick enough to die so he calls in Esau and he says, my son, my son, I want to bless you, but first do these things. So Esau said, okay, I'm going to go do those things. Well, Rebecca, his wife, was listening at the door and she said to her favorite son, Jacob, go over and get some lambs and goats and I've got to make this food that your dad just asked for Esau so that you can get the blessing. And Jacob said, but he's going to know because Esau's hairy and I'm not. But Rebecca had it all figured out. Jacob goes in to get this blessing. He completely deceives his dad. He knows he's deceiving his dad. So even though Esau gave the birthright to Jacob over lentil stew, the father still was going to bless Esau, not Jacob. Now, we don't know if Rebecca knew that Esau gave up his birthright. But Rebecca does intervene. Now, some could say Rebecca interfered. Some could say she loved her son more and her husband is about to die and she wants to be with her son in this land. We could say that, especially since we knew Rebecca and Isaac both did not like the women Esau married. He married Canaanite women, and they did not get along. So you could see why she wanted to interfere. The other reason why she might have wanted to interfere is because she asked the Lord, why is there so much commotion in my body? What is going on? I mean, they didn't have ultrasounds back then to say, oh, she's having twins, right? And she had never been pregnant before, so she didn't know what was normal, but she knew this couldn't be normal. So there's a lot of reasons why she might have interfered or intervened. But it was clear that the presence of God came upon Isaac when he was anointing Jacob, that when Esau came in and said, Dad, I did what you said, Isaac trembled and said, I just gave every single blessing to your brother. And Esau cried and said, are there no blessings left for me? Isaac said, no, none. As a result, Esau decided to kill his brother. Now we've seen that before, right? With Cain and Abel. Jealousy comes in and right away it's, sibling rivalry, and it gets to the point of hatred to murder. And Rebecca now is saying the same thing Esau said. What good would the birthright be 
to my son Jacob if he's dead. So she convinces Isaac to calm down and bless Jacob's journey to get a wife from her brother, from her land. So Jacob goes that way. Jacob is gone a long time, and we do know that Rebecca doesn't ever see her son again. And we do know that Isaac did not die. Because when Jacob does come back 20 plus years later, both Esau and Jacob bury Isaac together. So there is a lot of tension, and here we are dealing with another woman who is just as normal as all of us. So we are going to have a great discussion, but for me, I want to talk about how the theme to me in this week's lesson of the women in the Bible is asking the Lord or inquiring of the Lord. We first have the servant say to God, pray to God, Oh Lord, please let the woman who comes out and gives me a drink and then my camels, please Lord, let her be the one. Let my prayer be heard in behalf of my master Abraham. So the servant lifts up his eyes to the Lord and prays, and exactly what he prays, exactly what he asks of God happens. And then next, Rebecca doesn't get pregnant. So Isaac goes to the Lord and asks the Lord, Oh Lord, please, can you allow my wife to get pregnant? He asks the Lord for the blessing of conceiving a child. And God answers his prayer, and she's pregnant with twins. And then the last time is that Rebecca, when she's pregnant, goes to the Lord and asks God, Oh God, please, what's going on inside my womb? Please. And God tells her to the point that she ponders that in her heart like Mary did with Jesus, knowing that this would be fulfilled. So for women today, God tells us to ask. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, ask, seek, and knock. Then James tells us in James chapter 1, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach or without finding fault and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. That person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. So what James is saying is, when he says, Ask God if you need wisdom, and God will give it to you liberally, without reproach. In other words, it does not matter if you feel like you are in horrific sin or if you know you're in sin. You can come to God and ask Him for wisdom. God loves to give us wisdom. It's just that when we then receive that wisdom, that comes through a variety of ways. Make sure you know that it is God, and that you're going to walk that wisdom out. And I have to tell you that many times that wisdom that comes from above does not make sense to our flesh. 
And as a result, we can talk ourselves out of it very easily when God does answer our prayers. And we could say, was that really God? How could this be? And James goes on to say, don't doubt because then you're a double-minded man. So I was thinking about the, the things that we can ask God and how do we ask God? Because in all these cases with the servant and then Isaac and Rebecca, they are serious situations. The servant had a huge task before him. Then Isaac, he can't fix that his wife isn't pregnant. And then Rebecca is pregnant for the first time and unsure what's going on in her body. So in all three times, the scriptures tell us these three people inquire of God. But today we have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts. And that means wherever we go, God is. And even though we might not acknowledge his presence, he knows us. And anytime we turn our faces towards him or lift our eyes up to him or open our heart to him, he hears us. But are we willing to ask? So we ask things like, Lord, why do I have such a bad thought about that person? Or Lord, why do I feel so terrible whenever I go to this place? Or Lord, I am so confused about what to do in the next forward steps. Can you give me wisdom? Or Lord, am I supposed to quit this job and find a new one? I mean, if we could just open up our heart and talk to God like he's our best friend and ask him questions, he can then move through our heart because we have included him in the process. And God speaks in so many different ways. He does use his word. He does use pastors, teachers. Uh, you know, evangelists, apostles, prophets, whatever gift that you have. He uses our friends, the conversations that we have with our friends. He uses movies. He could use a billboard. I just put on my Facebook page, I came up behind a car uh, here in California, and right on the back was this license plate that said, Fear God. And I thought, wow. God answers in such mysterious ways. You know, just the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if we're searching for wisdom, then we come to the Lord acknowledging that he has our answers. And if we can just pray those prayers of faith, he will answer. We just have to learn how to stop talking to ourselves and start talking to God. And then the next thing is we have to learn to start sensing him speak. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Women of the Bible. And we talked about Rebecca. We will continue this conversation in our Bible study. So if you have any questions, feel free to messenger me on Facebook. And thank you for listening to Daily Disciples Podcast. Thank you for joining Daily Disciples Podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. No more fake, fancy, or fluffy, but real and raw conversations dealing with life and spirituality. For more information, go to dailydisciples.org. And we can't wait. Talk to you soon.